Welcome to the Datebook Podcast. I'm your host, theater critic Lily Janik. Tall, intense, muscular, Skylar Cooper assumes the role with such natural command that gender seems irrelevant. That's what the Chronicle's Robert Hurwitt wrote, reviewing Impact Theater's so-called lesbian production of Othello, The Moor of Venice, from 2005. Cooper played Othello, and actor Marissa Kelty played Desdemona. By that point in his life, Cooper had long occupied an androgynous position on the gender spectrum, still known to close friends and family as a she, but walking through the world much of the time as a man. Now, 14 years later, Cooper identifies as a transgender man, and he has another chance to play Othello, this time as a man, in Livermore Shakespeare Festival's production of The Tragedy by Shakespeare, running through July 21st at Wente Vineyard's Estate Winery and Tasting Room in Livermore. I can't think of too many other actors who've gotten the chance to play the same role from different genders in a way that parallels the actor's own evolving gender identity. Cooper and I talk about that today, and what these two productions allowed him to bring out in the role. Skylar, welcome to the Datebook Podcast. Hi. Hi, Lily. It's great to be here. So um, you were talking a few minutes before we started here about going up for the role of Othello in Livermore Shakespeare's production. And you were saying uh, one of the anxieties or mm-hmm. or sources of apprehension you had was that you weren't male enough. Yeah. I would love to hear you talk about that. I you know that I would love to talk about that because, <laughs> because I mean I guess it could have come from a place of insecurity but but I don't know that that's a I think it was more from vulnerability not not from insecurity and I, and I, I can tell you what I mean by that. When I've played male and female roles all my life as an actor. And so as a cisgender female, masculine of center, which is how I identified at the time, it didn't bother me if I weren't, if I wasn't a male. I was playing a male, you know? And so I felt like there were things that I could bring to my character. So I didn't have that pressure because I knew that I was female, cisgender identified. So I wasn't you know, it wasn't taking away from my identity. But when I went up for uh, Othello as a cisgender male, to play a cisgender male, at, the, at that time I was a transgender male. And so I thought, oh my God, if I'm not cast, is it because I'm not male enough? I had to, those questions now seeped into my psyche in ways that they would not have when I was cisgender identified. Because there's a lot of reasons why you, you may not have gotten a role. But that was another thing that was added to the mix that I didn't expect. It totally took me by surprise. But I worked through it. (laughs) I worked through it and I thought, well, I just need to bring myself because there are many types of males. And I know that. And that's why I do both genders is because there are many types of females, just like there are many types of males. And so I was able to talk myself off the cliff on that one. But I was surprised. I, I surprised myself with that thought process. But then I also thought about who cast me. And it was a black man, you know, and I thought, wow, that's this such is a compliment. Michael Wayne Rice? <laughs> yes, Michael Wayne Rice, yes. Mm-hmm. When that happened, I realized 
the only person that can really get in my way of doing the roles that I want to do is me. You know, I, I just think that uh, with any part uh, you go up for, it's about what is it that you can can bring to the character. And I think, again, it was about understanding what it's like to have something that is a skill and knowing you're good at it, but not really being appreciated for that. But then you have Desdemona, who was this validation. That, Ooh, oh, that's who she is. Yeah. She, for him. Yeah. So she, that's who is, she was for, for Othello, the lesbian commander so at the, that time. Mm-hmm. So for listeners who aren't as familiar with the play, uh, can, can you give a, a, like yeah. a kind of a quick version of what Othello is about? Yeah. Othello is about a, uh, uh, a general who uh, falls in love with a high-ranking official's daughter. And he, his mind is poisoned that she is betraying him with his officer, who he had just promoted. Um, his mind is being poisoned by a man who was lo- overlooked for this promotion. And so Iago. And Iago's reasons for it apparently is that, but I think there's more <laughs> to it that I can't know because I can't understand why Iago would do that to Othello, but that's what it says in the story, but there's always something underneath that. But Iago does that. He poisons Othello's mind that Desdemona is cheating on him and uh, has betrayed him with his officer, and Othello takes her life in blind rage. He finds out that that was not true and the rest is tragedy <laughs> and and so you're saying that at the beginning of the play Desdemona serves as validation for Othello absolutely I remember someone asked me how do you kill someone on stage night after night and in that production I can say in that production it wasn't her that I was killing it was the thought that she didn't love me and as long as she was alive, that thought that she didn't love me or that I'm not worthy would still be alive. So that I could kill in this production. So that was impact. That was impact. Okay. Yeah. In this production, it's slightly different. There is a difference in the way Othello processes his information, um, you mean from um, the last time you did it? Yeah, yeah. How he, the things that he's going through, that he's getting from Iago, uh, the stories that he's hearing, how it attacks his manhood. Um, I don't know that it attacked this female Othello's womanhood. There also, there is still that idea that that she couldn't love me is very painful because in the context of this world I'm a black man who was a slave who doesn't have a lot to offer but I have this skill um and being a general and being a general yeah but I will never rise to the level of a white male 
not just even a general, another general, but to the level of a white male. I will never have the immediate respect that somebody can just have for the color of their skin. So these are different narratives are going in my head um, mm-hmm. that would inform how I feel about the idea of Desdemona choosing someone else over me. The other piece is that I was sharing with, with the actor who plays Desdemona <laughs> in a modern world, texting. <laughs> like I was like, you know, I think that I think that Othello fell in love with the way you saw him. You know, he's never seen anyone um, love him in that way, you know? And so he fell in love with himself. He saw himself beyond the slave, beyond a black man. He saw a human being. And to have that stripped away is just as painful as my female commander. But again, a commander is a commander. You know, and I and that's why I felt like those kinds of things that I bring to the role are, I think, that are just across the board. They're general. Yeah, yeah. I I was curious about what has you know I I know so much else goes into each of these productions other than other than um, you know your interpretation. It's the director's vision. Absolutely. It's all the other actors. But like, what what has stayed consistent about Othello for you? A sense of of feeling my life matters. A sense of a pride. I guess the, also the importance of 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 leadership. Othello is a very emotional character to portray. It's probably no, it is not probably. It is one of the hardest roles uh, I've ever played. It's not easy to go for, through those depths. I mean, from this high to this very low where you would take the life of your love. To an outsider, um, to an audience member, to a reader, it often feels like Othello is so quick to believe what Iago says about his wife cheating on him. It just it seems like it's so easy for his... I love the the phrase you use, his, his mind to get poisoned. Mm-hmm. Why is he, why doesn't he put up more of a fight? I remember when I did Impact having to decide when I would allow that knowing that she is cheating, when I would allow that to come across and make a definitive decision that she's not faithful. And it has to happen with the handkerchief. Once I see it, that is the proof, you know. And so what is this handkerchief for folks less familiar with the play? Oh, sure. Well, it's an antique token my father gave my mother. <laughs> 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 A symbol that had numbered in the world, the sun to course, 200 compasses in her prophetic fury sold the work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so is that, that all? <laughs> yeah, that's all it is. But um, but I I um, it was an antique token my father gave my mother, and I gave it to Desdemona. I believe I gave it to her when I proposed to her. So the handkerchief is something that she's always had uh, from me as that token of love, and Iago manages to get it away from her. 
and get it to this officer of mine's chamber and and show proof that she was there, which is like, oh, my God, that's a total mic drop moment. (laughs) 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 That's a total mic drop right there. So... So that was so. There's that, and that was in the impact production. And I'm, you know, I, I, we can be frank here. This is just my observation. Yeah, yeah. I found one of the things that people recall about the Othello with impact was how fiery and volcanic um, she was. And even though I've had people review it and say that it really wouldn't have mattered whether. Othello was a male or a female, but I played it as a as a female commander. For some reason, I find I found that that fire in that volcanic eruption was more just I don't I don't know I, I didn't I didn't feel pulled back from it, you know, and I feel that as a male, men are told a lot to control their feelings and to, you know, not let that, you know, don't get too hot, don't get this. And I remember in the rehearsal process, you know, Michael would talk to me and and he would talk about, you know, certain scenes don't get too hot. And I would absolutely agree um, because if you're too hot, there's no place to go. Mm -hmm. But I also wonder about that because this is also a male directing a male. And I wonder, is there any influence and and that and and I thought, well, why didn't Melissa point that out? Maybe Melissa wasn't intimidated by this female general being hot. You know, women are not allowed to get hot, right? They're, you know, and so I think Melissa. I don't know. I I'm I can't really say speak for either one of them, but mm-hmm. I, this is just an observation I had in terms of how each Othello was directed, and one was directed by a female, which was a female uh, commander. Mm-hmm. Othello, and one is directed by a male, and I'm playing a male. So I'm taking notice of that, and uh, I'm loving the discovery process that I have with Michael. Um, we are addressing that very thing that you brought up, which is, you know, how can Othello quickly, you know, uh, turn on Desdemona? And and that's one of the reasons why I think Michael really wanted to make sure that I don't come in too hot because we can find that doubt. And I think it is important. I think it's important to highlight that Othello is not easily, he doesn't want to believe it. So Mm. Michael has me fighting more in those scenes, fighting against my own impulses, you know. And so if I'm fighting those impulses, I may not want to be too hot all the time, but sometimes I might, you know, I, I but what I will say that is the same for both is that it does the mic drops as soon as I see the handkerchief, mm-hmm. no matter what. It doesn't matter. I mean, I have to believe at this point. But even then, we get to the bedroom chamber, and there is that back and forth, you know, that, you know, is he going to do it? Is he not going to do it? But he has to do it at this point. Othello has to do it. He cannot bear the emotional turmoil that he's in um, anymore, even with the back and forth. He just can't. You know, I say, oh, farewell the tranquil mind, farewell content. You know, I, 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 I can only survive so much like this and, I, and I, um, I find that the solution, the decision is to end this, you know. So I'm conflicted even up to the very, the very end. 
But I think it is important to show Othello's struggle, to not just quickly believe the guy that the woman is a whore. You know, and and I and I appreciate the fact that Michael Wayne Rice is sensitive to that. You know, and that this Desdemona in this production fights back. She is not like, you know, this docile like, oh my lord, please don't hurt me. You know, she's not that. Oh, and that's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. It's there's so many great. Who, who's coming. the actor playing Desdemona? Nicole Odell. Great. So a lot of actors. Um, who do classical work will return to the same role multiple times over the course of their career. However, it's, I I don't think very many of them will get the chance to play the same role from different genders. What additional insight do you think that, that gives you? Playing Othello as a female commander, it was me being allowed to express the female gender in ways that are not allowed to be expressed. And so there's a lot of freedom with that. And as a male, I get to express the male gender in ways that are not allowed to be expressed. I get to play with that. I get to do things that men oftentimes are not comfortable doing, whether it be crying or losing their temper. You know, I get to do that. And I'm not saying it doesn't come easily for men, cisgender men. But again, they're about choices, you know. And so I get to make choices that that could be different from cisgender male choices. And that's what I get to explore in this production. And that's where I'm at right now. And so it's all the discovery for me. That's so cool. Yeah, it is very cool. Wow. So it's like you have um, a whole other language you get to use that might not be available to other kinds of actors. Correct. Or that they haven't exercised that. Mm-hmm. It, we all have that muscle, but it's like, you know, you, you make those choices based on those things that you're used to using, you know. And as, as the production goes along, you get more comfortable. You start picking, making different choices. But So I try to look at it as an asset, you know, that the fact that I, I'm a trans man and have walked in the ha, I have walked in the world as a black man. Like people have treated me at my outside world has been as a black male, but my choices have not been pressured by society of what a black man should and should not do. I got to choose what I wanted to do and still be seen as a black male, you know? So it's it's pretty awesome. I never had those pressures. And this, as far as a black woman, I, same thing. I just push back on any notion. What, oh, a woman is supposed to do this. I'm like, whatever. And I'm going to do this, you know. So it's um, – I am you. fortunate. You said earlier that um, you had always wanted to be an actor. What, did, what appealed to you about the theater and film? It was – well, I, you know, other than – I don't know if this is a good thing. But, I mean, other than, like, growing up and watching, you know, old movies, you know, stars that I would see uh, on TV and wanting to be on there but never seeing anyone like me who looked like me, and so I just didn't know that it was possible. You know, going to New York and on Broadway and walking by and seeing those big lights and the, and the limos pulling up and this people well-dressed and going into the theater, you know, it, it just, I've always loved, I guess you could say the business of show, not the commercial aspect, not the star thing, it's just the performance. 
And you know, the other thing too was uh, I noticed that people would always stare at me when I'd be on the train. And I don't know if it was because they were trying to figure out if I was a boy or a girl, but regardless, they stared at you, you know? And so I thought, you know what? People stare at me. I should make them pay to stare at me. (laughs) (laughs) That's the best. Yes. You know, I was like, whatever. If you got to stare, then you can get a ticket. (laughs) Stare stare all you want. (laughs) I'm I'm partly joking and partly not. Yeah. I mean, how do you got to turn that stuff around and monetize it? Yeah. (laughs) Monetize it. You know, I, I mean, it can definitely, I know that if people were to stare and point, that would be different. But, you know, I had to actually turn that around uh, for myself, you know, when I was cisgender and now as, as, a, as a male, you know, it, 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 it doesn't always mean because people stare at you that they think you're, um, there's something wrong with you. They might find you fascinating, you know. And uh, that's a really optimistic way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm so glad you're fascinated. (laughs) (laughs) I don't find a lot of people fascinating that I stare at them, but I I do find a lot of people fascinating. Would you be comfortable sharing a little bit about your journey with gender? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I should have known, one, that I was transgender because of how I identified. It started as far as my... My name, Skyler, believe it or not, <laughs> is not my birth name. It's not what my mother named me. The name she gave me is one that didn't fit either. So when I was in the military, I changed my name then. I changed my name when I was 25. Mm-hmm. And my mom was still alive. And I told her, I said, Mom, I'm, I have to change my name. And and she says, what is it? And I told her, it's Skylar. She goes, I like that. I go, yeah, why didn't you think of it? <laughs> so from that day on, when from that day on, it was, oh, is that your mom named you that? I go, that's my name. You know, because I feel like if my mom is an accept, is an accept and she has not once, she did not once miss up my name. Like she always remembered Skylar. And I found that to be such an honor, you know, so... When people want to know my 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 birth name, I I go that's my birth name. It's Skyler. It is an androgynous name, and it was one intentional because I knew I was androgynous. And again, I don't think that um, I knew what transgender was because I didn't need to reckon with my gender at that time uh, or my gender identity. I was already reckoning with my sexuality, and that was enough. I was already reckoning with the fact that I was a black woman who was not expressing their gender in the way that society had expected them to. So, I, I mean, I had enough on my plate to wonder, like, what is my gender? Like, so, so it made sense to me that I went through this, this particular course. So I was allowed to get the name that I identified with. I noticed that early on that when I would go to the bathroom, the stairs, now that was the one place where I couldn't really, I was like, okay, all right, now this, I couldn't turn that one around. Like, I'm, wow, this woman is fascinating <laughs> going into the stall. No, they were wondering, is there a man going in a stall? And I will tell you this amazing story. 
I went to the women's locker room and I had just finished working out and I had a, a towel wrapped around my waist as I have to because I'm very muscular. And so I have to make sure that they can see the, you know, see my goods. So I walk to the uh, sauna and uh, there's a woman in the mirror and she's putting on her makeup. And I walk into the sauna and I sit down and all of a sudden the door flies open. And this woman that was in the mirror with half her makeup done, she goes, there's a man in the bathroom. There's a man in the bathroom. And I jump out with my boobs swinging. Where? Where? (laughs) So so I had to to go there. And she was so, but she got so mad. Like, she was so angry with me. And she goes, and she wanted, and this is what she says. She says, you know this is a woman's bathroom. And I said, yeah. And she said, and she just wanted me to say I'm a female. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it. You, you know? wouldn't go there. I yeah. wouldn't go there. I wasn't going to gender myself. Mm-hmm. So that, so already early on, I was already dealing with gender stuff, but from other people, not from me, because I was already expressing my gender the way I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I was loving the woman that I wanted to love. And, you know, I had enough things on my plate. So now I decide because of that experience, I'm like, you know what? God damn it. Nobody's going to know. So I started using the men's bathroom like over 10 years ago, I, yeah, I just don't go to the female's bathroom. So already, now I have a name that is androgynous. Now I'm using the male's bathroom, and I'm being addressed when I go out to restaurants as sir. And everything in my outside world is really feeding me back with male identity. So the only people that would address me with feminine pronouns were my close friends or people that I knew, you know, because then I would say she. So it wasn't until I started getting older that things started changing and my body started changing and the the, the breasts that I barely had, I started having more of. And I started getting ma'am. And then that started to become very disjointed for me. And I felt like people were gendering me based on what they saw, my sex, my actual sex. And I thought, that was so violating. So that was the first clue that something was amiss for me because I was starting to be bothered by getting pronounced as female. But I didn't have to deal with it because I was still able to do the roles I wanted to do, express my gender the way I wanted to. But then I started feeling limited in the work that I could get as an actor and moved to L.A., tried to use my androgyny there, and that was even harder um, in film, and that's what spawned me to do Hero Mars. So after I did Hero Mars and I watched the film, I thought, oh, my God, I've been a transgender actor all this time, and now I'm interested in gender because it's about it aims to confront the limitations of gender conformity and gender stereotypes. So after watching Hero Mars, I started looking into the transgender community and seeing where I fit on that spectrum. And I was like, and so as I started going to the meetings and hearing the stories of different trans men and different trans women, I thought, oh, whoa, I am transgender. I I have to be transgender because I, well, I don't have to be, but I identify with transgender. I identify with a lot of, of what they deal with, with the exception of I never felt like a male trapped in a woman's body. I did feel 
like a male with women's parts on them when I looked in the mirror. And so it was an easy, you know, using my quotes, transition for me to go from male to female because the only people I had to tell were the, my close friends. Like, okay, I'm no longer she. Just call me Skylar or he pronouns. And people adapted pretty quickly. And as far as my outside world, that's been a non-issue. Um, when I had top surgery, all of the misgender stopped and everything went right back to normal. And so now it's like, you know, awesome life. In fact, went to Pride yesterday with my girlfriend who's cis and straight. She, um, she bought me a tank top that says it has the rainbow flag. And I thought, oh, okay, here we go. I'm going to get misgendered as a butch. No, nope. everyone's like, hey, sir. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, so it's just, it's like great. And I will never forget someone asked me, well, so when you have your top surgery, are you going to feel more male? I go, oh, no, that's not why I would do it. Uh, I already feel male. I said, I'm doing it because I know that people, if they misgender me, it won't be because they violated me by looking at my, my, my sex. And that is uh, a violation for me. You know? And so when that, I needed to remove that from myself. And so when that happened, everything has been amazing. And so that's my journey to my gender identity. And with two very different Othellos. So, uh, Datebook podcast listeners, you can catch Skylar in Othello at Livermore Shakespeare Festival. And the show runs for the better part of July through July 21st. Skylar, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing all these lovely thoughts. Well, thank you. I am very appreciative. And uh, it's, it's, I'm glad that people want to hear the story. This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is by Stephen Boyle. This show is produced by me. For more theater coverage, you can follow me on Twitter at Lily Janik. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. <laughs>